0: Hello and welcome. My name is Matt Peterson,
1: and I'm Rich here
0: This is episode 14 of History on the Go. Welcome back, everyone. I hope all of our listeners and buddies are staying well, staying healthy, and staying sane during this crazy, crazy time.
1: Yeah, this is a. Uh... The time for solo board gamers to shine. I don't know if you, I think everyone in war games does a little bit of solo war gaming um, mostly. I usually do it pretty much just to teach myself war games. I'd rather play with another person, but I do have a few solitaire only games. Uh, one of them, Ottoman Sunset. Have you played that game before? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun little game, um, but I've played it a number of times and I played it enough that I thought, eh, I can throw this up for sale on BGG. And I've had it up there for. Quite a while. I'd say at least six months or so. I had it priced a little high, but it was kind of at a price where I thought, eh, if it sells at this price, I'll be happy to get rid of it. If it doesn't sell, I'll be happy to keep it. So it sat there for a while. And as soon as the quarantine hit, it (laughs) sold that day. So I was glad to actually glad to get it out because I don't know if the post office is going to close. I don't know how that works, but I got it out, got my 50 bucks happy.
0: Yeah. So Autumn and Sunset, I've actually been trying to sell my copy for a while now because... Same thing. I, I got a <laughs> use out of it. I think those yeah. games are fine, but like, I don't know, maybe after you play them a handful of times, I don't know how much more there's left to explore in those. That's kind of how I
1: felt. I mean, I think I probably played it a dozen times of those dozen. I think I won it once. Um, so it's it's not an easy game, but it's it's a fun game. So I always and wanted to a, play the one that went with it, Habsburg Eclipse, but I never played that one. Right. I, I heard that oh, you, the could one you can put them both together. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I never did that. So that's all right.
0: Yeah, and it's it's light enough where, you know, my com- my complaints that I've talked about with solo games before, my complaints with Zeppelin Raiders, the one I always use as an example. Ottoman mm-hmm. um, Sunset is, and I and I ranked this at the end of last year. It, it's on the greatest every war game ever list. It's light enough where the lack of. You have decisions to make in Ottoman Sunset, mm-hmm. but it's still a little bit on rails, right? I mean, yeah. it's just really a die roll. But it's, it's basically light a enough tower it defense game. It is right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a neat little game. Maybe it's uh, yeah. If you're looking for a solo game, those those States of Siege is that what they're called? Yes. Yeah, I don't. They're not easy to find right now because that company went under. Right. They closed down their whole war game site. Yeah. Um, but if you have one and it's collecting dust, maybe it's time to pull them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I used to sit there. I'd sit out on my front porch and play that on a nice day, and that's a it's a good one to just like you said, very light, doesn't take up much space, but Fun little half hour.
0: Well, speaking of talking about buying and selling games, uh, you have anything new on the
1: shelf? Yeah, a couple I picked up like the day before everything got locked down. They said don't mm-hmm. go, go, don't go out of your house. Uh, a friend of mine just messaged me on Facebook. He's a local guy, and he said, "Hey, I got some of these games on sale." Sent two pictures of big, huge stacks of games, and uh, said, "If you're interested, let me know." And I, a couple of them, I was interested in. So, Fire in the Sky, the MMP game. Which I think is about to get a reprint, which is probably why he was selling his. But um I've been I've been curious about that one for a while. I don't I haven't played it. I don't know that much about it, except that it's a Pacific World War II game and I love the cover of the game, which is a terrible reason to buy a game. But hey.
0: Um, no Fire and, in the Fire in the Sky has a
1: gorgeous cover. Yeah, um, it's amazing. It's just so simple and beautiful. I love it. And I
0: think you're probably not in the wrong buying that. Like if you got a good deal on it because I I think the problem with the Phalanx reprint is the shipping is just for pre-order purposes. I'm sure like Phalanx games become available, right? Yeah. Um, like you could get the Hannibal and Hamilcar reprint really easily long after the Kickstarter. Um, so Phalanx is reprinting it, but the shipping to the United States is like 30 bucks or some shit like that. Okay. I, I'll just wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that game is a, uh, been on my radar for a long
1: time. Yeah. So it's got a kind of that. cool map too. It's um I don't know if you've seen the map on it, but the map looks like a satellite photo. It's actually got like clouds and stuff on it, which is interesting, I think. Yeah. Um and it has no gameplay effect or anything. It doesn't block the view of any hexes, but it's interesting. Hmm. And then from the same guy I also picked up three get three days of Gettysburg. Which um <laughs> hey, hold
0: on, hold on, before you talk about three days of Gettysburg. Okay. I'm looking at the Phalanx website right now. Yeah. This is their tag for Fire in the Sky. (laughs) If you're into wargaming, then Fire in the Sky is the game for you. (laughs) Well, sign me the fuck up. Wow.
1: So someone from marketing got paid to write that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. Sorry. I just, I had to chime in with that because that's, that's awful.
1: I'm going to say that for every game from now on. Three days of Gettysburg. (laughs) If you're into wargaming, this is the game for you. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm a, I've, I've actually got two GBACW games now, and neither of which I have played. So I really need to start getting into those. Uh, but it's interesting. I haven't had that much time to play games lately, which is weird because I'm stuck at home. I mean, I'm working from home, but with my job, I work um, sort of healthcare adjacent, and I, I've just been working ridiculous hours. So I almost feel guilty that I'm home all the time, and I don't get to play that many games. I've been trying to set up a few, and GBACW is on my short list of games that I'm going to be playing soon. So, three days Man. of Gettysburg, I've got.
0: That's that's a nice a nice game to get. I think that's a little hard to find. It's been that's another one I'd love to get uh, my hands on. We talked about GBACW last last month. I think it's <clears> a, <throat> a series that catches both of our eyes. Maybe I should move it up to my short list. Yeah. Although my short list is now, like, turning into my only slightly <laughs> shorter list. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I see you, you and we'll get to yours in a second, but Nevsky, that's another one on my my short list of, I, I, There's there's been a few games I've got out and just kind of fondled them a little bit and thought, maybe you're going to go to the table next. and. <laughs> um, so right, what I need to do is, I I to I, yeah, I need to stack them up and then just, like, take whichever one is on to top of the stack and play that one next.
0: So. I resorted to, like, I go to my wife and I say, "All right, I've pulled a few <laughs> games slightly off the shelf. Which yeah. one should I dive into next?" That's not a bad idea. And then she went. She went and pulled like "At Any Cost" Mets, and I was like, mm, so, is that really the one you want?" Yeah, that's the
1: one on my table right now.
0: <laughs> nice. Yes, yeah. nice. I did read through the rules of that. I don't know how soon I'll get to the table. So it's did you really buy, good. Did you buy Nevsky? Uh,
1: yeah, I got Nevsky. I pre-ordered that one, so I've had it since what okay. October, November, whenever it it came out on. 500
0: so. okay okay i thought you were waffling on that one i guess not
1: no no it's volco so i was right. pretty much insta buy on that one although i haven't played it yet so i mean what's my excuse maybe that's what i was thinking of is <laughs>
0: um i did buy it in large part because of the reception for nevsky has been great and especially yeah. locally uh one of the guys a regularly game with he comes to our monthly games gr- games group his name's zach and we had talked about getting a game together kind of before all this madness. But uh him and Jim, the those two guys played it, they loved it. And everything else I've heard's uh really interesting. Um so I I said, yeah, let's I'll grab a copy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about my my daughter's home from college now because they're just going online only from here on out and she was going to save money if she left the dorms early. So she's just coming home. She can do that, take her online classes from here as well as she could from there. So She's expressed interest or at least willingness to to pick up a war game with me. And I was thinking about Nevsky. I was thinking about saying because she said she was interested in medieval. Um, and I, I was thinking, well, I don't know this one. Maybe we can just learn it together. So that might be one I learned with her. Does she
0: play Euro games with you? I know. Is this the same daughter that plays uh, Legion with you?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's does she most, play Euro games with you? She does a little bit. She okay. really loves co-op games more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's willing to try some new stuff as well.
0: A buddy was over and he was talking about the rules t- to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was pre social distancing, all right? <laughs> he was talking about it and it, it, it it's Volco, so it, it's gonna have a Euro feel to it, but I think the planning really has a Euro feel to it. I haven't that's a little bit talking on my ass because I haven't played yet. But I, if she's a Euro fan, maybe I should try to sell my wife to it. I don't know. <laughs> sell to my wife.
1: Yeah. From what I've seen, and this probably isn't a good selling point to your wife, but I think it's it's got a little bit of uh, kind of an OCS feel in it, too, where you got to get like your wagons and your boats in order, mm. and you've got to maintain your su- supply lines using different types of supply and all that. So um, I don't know. I'm looking. I think by the next time we talk, I will have at least played it. So Okay.
0: Good. Well. Maybe I'll dive into the rules and we can talk about it a little more. Speaking of Volco, though, um, the digital edition of Labyrinth came out, and I think I talked about Labyrinth a couple months ago. I bought a copy. I finally was like, this is something I really want to try. I read through the rules, and I, I probably played 20 minutes on Steam last week. Yeah. It's good. I don't know how good the tutorial is. But they and they have that disclaimer on there, so it's a. It's early still access early th- access. It's yeah. early access, and they say our tutor- tutorial is still in the works. You know, if you have any advice yeah. or tips,
1: send it to us. So I think it's still being worked on. But it's also really cheap now. So once it goes out of early access, you'll have the full game at. It's like what thirteen bucks right now or something. Something like that. Yeah,
0: but I mean it. It seems to be just you know in in line with. Um, Oh, oh my gosh. The the other Cold the Cold War, um, Twilight Struggle. Shit. Oh, okay. I mean, it seems to be similar quality. So I don't know how the
1: apps are. Oh, similar quality uh, app, you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, okay. I, guess I mean, the
1: Twilight Struggle or... app is, I mean, that's pretty much a perfect rendition of the game. I've played that probably a hundred times and I've never played Twilight Struggle on cardboard. So <laughs> I think you mentioned that before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I need to learn the game some more, um, to really like I played the, I started to go through the tutorial and I did that for about 10 minutes. I was like, this isn't doing a lot for me. So then I tried to dive into a game. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. That's kind of how I felt too. Do you know if multiplayer is working on that yet? It. I saw it was an option. I did not okay.
0: try to play yet. Okay. So. Uh, And another thing I'll mention real quick, I I promise I will not make this an RPG podcast, but it's hard not to talk about it because they've really been dominating like my last two months of games. I mean, right now it's kind of the perfect environment to hop on a roll 20 and play through an RPG. But in, um, I don't know, a few episodes ago on Chance of Gaming, you mentioned Eberron was one of your favorite Dungeons and Dragons settings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, so then I bought. So I bought Everon.
1: Oh, cool! For fifth edition, or is is it just like a setting book, not edition? The new
0: fifth edition. Okay. Cool. The the thing that just came out, right? Okay. I know nothing about it other than it's got some, like, cool, steampunk. It's got a steampunk vibe to it, right? Like trains. And, yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I know nothing
1: about the setting other than that. Cool. So, okay, I don't want to drag us further down the RPG road, but I'm just going <laughs> no, to make please. this one comment. I don't know if it's confirmation bias or not, but I'm seeing more of an overlap between wargamers and RPGers. Like, I'm seeing a lot of people that I uh, follow on Twitter or Facebook or whatever that the only reason I follow them is because we are all talking about wargames. And more and more and more of them are talking about RPGs now. So I think that's interesting. I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, I don't know if it's... maybe. Maybe it's because, like, you and I have talked about what makes a good war game, and one thing we talk about is the story. One thing I like in a war game is, who are you playing? Are you playing a battalion commander? Are you playing the president? Are you playing uh, a a guy with a gun? And maybe RPGs are tapping into that.
0: Oh, sure. Well, I mean, definitely, for for sure. Um, So to me, RPGs are this whole new world that I don't have a rich I, I didn't play RPGs growing up, so all of my RPG gameplay comes from Advance After Combat. They have an RPG branch called uh, Alcoholic Adventures Cabal, and really, it's just <laughs> a bunch of guys getting together to do RPG sessions. They're not like this yeah. is an adventure zone, which I've been listening to,
1: and they were uh, they were all online before it became cool to do so. But like, there, that's just a bunch of guys hanging
0: out and just having great RPG sessions and you're not worried about like you go and listen to adventure zone. It's top notch podcast yeah. production, but, um, AAC cabal couldn't be further from that. I mean, I mean, not that they're bad, but it's just a bunch of guys hanging out, having a good, good time. And it's this whole new thing to me that I am completely enamored by. Yeah. I don't know. This is RPGs on the table. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, my my point is, if if you want some RPG discussion, I, I've i talked about Advance After Combat before. You, I mean, that's how you and I met, right? I mean, we met yeah. through their Donkey Kong convention, and then, um, yeah, if you're interested in RPG stuff, they have a side deal called Alcoholic Adventures Cabal, and yeah. there's dozens of different RPG settings and rules systems,
1: so... And they put out quite a bit. I mean, there's it seems like they've got something new up at least every week. So,
0: yeah, I don't I don't know what his schedule is. I think he goes for like two a week. Yeah. Anyways, uh, good stuff if you're looking for some RPG content. <laughs> but again, don't don't go in expecting the Adventure Zone. But I think that's okay. <laughs> and, um, and there's a lot of garbage time talk too that you just have to get used to. But yeah. sometimes that's the best stuff. Okay. Uh, speaking of books, let's jump in RPG books. Or books on the shelf, shit. Uh, Because my comment is, really, the only books I've been reading are a bunch of setting books for RPGs, and then my normal audiobook time. I I did wrap up We Were Soldiers. The Landing Zone Albany was all new to me. Oh, yeah? I don't think that was covered in the movie. I'm really trying to I still haven't seen that movie. i got to watch that. Yeah, you, you should. And and I know we talked about this last month, but I did want to add cuz I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, this is pretty good so far as it was hard to track on audiobook, but then like once Albany started happening, yeah. that was a whole new world to me." So I was like, "Oh, shit." Yeah. And I, I, w- I honestly can't remember like what parts they take. Maybe they take some parts from Albany to get in the movie. I it's been too long. I need to rewatch it. But so I did finish that. Um but then my normal audiobook listening time is I've been listening to um, Adventures on Podcast, which was one of the best okay. podcasts I've ever listened to. Are
1: you are you still back in the D and D part, or have you had they switched systems? Okay, yeah, still in still in D and D. Okay, good. Yeah, that's I, I stopped listening after they switched systems, but I, I listened all the way through their their D and D arc. I mean, it takes a lot for a
0: podcast to give me a laugh out loud. <laughs> oh my gosh. I <laughs> was just dying one day in the car. It was the train episode, the train story.
1: Have you heard? You yeah. Oh they, yeah. That's like their second arc. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was dying.
1: Oh yeah. They're good. Have you ever heard the campaign podcast? Oh, man, we're getting further and further at RPG. No,
0: no, that's okay. Look, okay. It's, everyone's at home, you know, isolating themselves. Yeah. Anyways, so,
1: so my daughter and I listened to that one. It's a star Wars RPG content come uh, podcast Uh, and they're all like, they're all, uh, improv actors from Chicago and they're amazing. And we were listening to and from college today as I helped her move the rest of her stuff out and I'm driving on the highway and I was laughing so hard. I was afraid I was going to lose control of the
0: car. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Do they take, so the one thing I like, I've tried to watch actual plays on YouTube, like some of the, the Matt Mercer stuff. Uh I I think Geek and Sundry had a Star Trek group that I watched for a little bit, but it's like you guys are doing a really good job, but you're taking this way too serious. No, it's okay to have serious This is the
1: exact opposite of that. They do not take it seriously at all. Uh, I think their main goal is to drive their GM crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And they do a good job of it. what's it called? Uh, It's called the campaign podcast. So it it actually started off where they would, um, I think it was called the one-shot podcast. And they would do one-shots of lots of different systems, but they liked this one so much, they started a spinoff, called the campaign podcast. Nice.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. This episode of RPGs on the table is brought to you by (laughs) Campaign Podcast
1: and AAC.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Uh
1: yeah, so I really don't have any books to chime in with. So let me ask you a question about RPG books. When you get a, like, especially a setting book, or even if you get a new system book or whatever, do you just kind of flip through it to decide whether you want to jump all the way into it? Or do you sit down and, like, do you rate it cover to cover?
0: Well, it depends. Usually, so if I'm buying a system, and again, I am I haven't even been doing, my first RPG purchase will be a year when Donkey Kong, was <laughs> that's when I bought my first RPG was at Donkey Kong last year. Wow. Um, what I have found myself doing is usually diving into some kind of like either combat resolution or like the skill check se- section oh, interesting. just to see like, all right, how does this game actually play?
1: I think I go to character creation options first. Okay, so
0: that's another yeah. like that's something I'm learning as I'm getting deeper and deeper into this is when I first started I was like shit, let's just use pregens whatever. <laughs> but as I play more the character creation rules, I had a blast making a 5th edition character for my wife. And and then we made Gurps characters for Gurps uh heroes and we used ourselves and going through the Gurps character <laughs> creation was fascinating. And so I'm 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 leaning that way now like now character creation rules are more important to me than when I first started, but usually I'm going to look at how the actual gameplay mechanics work is where I'm turning to first. Okay. And then for setting books, like Ghost of Saltmarsh is right in front of me. When I when I decided by that, I just flipped through it for a while. I'm like, oh, this is a setting I want to do. And then when I'm locked in to actually do it, I'll, I'll do a deep dive and go through everything. Mm, cool. Yeah, I guess. Most, most, uh, our listeners probably don't think it's, it's cool, but uh, you know what? You're right. There is a crossover and I I don't know why it'd be interesting to hear someone like Jeff Engelstein or someone smart like that come up with something on why there's a crossover.
1: (laughs) How about a historical book? I've got one. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just read the book Panzer Ace. Um, which was written by a Panzer ace. So it was a German tank commander from World War II, uh, Richard Freiherr von Rosen. I think his name was um, It was pretty good. It wasn't it wasn't great. Like I wasn't crazy about it, but it was interesting I really like reading books that tell like the other side the other point of view um, I can't remember the name of it now I'll have to look it up again, but I really want to read There's a book about the Pacific War and World War II told from the Japanese perspective so that's, that's on my short list, even though I can't think of the name that of is. it right now. Um, Do you ever feel uncomfortable reading those books? To some degree. It really depends on what they say. Like, there's always any any historical memoirs by either side are always going to have some revisionist history in them. Because guys like to make themselves look good. And there's always the question of, you know, the, the average soldier, average German soldier in World War II. How much did he really know? And of course, they all say, oh, I didn't know anything about all that Mm -hmm. stuff was going on. Um, This guy, he addresses it a little bit. He's like, yeah, we didn't know everything, but we certainly knew that there was a lot of propaganda against the Jews. So he addresses it a little, but not too much. Um, Mostly, he just talks about, you know, driving his tank around and getting wounded. He actually doesn't do a whole lot of like, battle summaries after action reports and stuff like that it's not it's not exciting in that oh we were surrounded by three tanks and we swung our gun around it blew this one up and you know it's more like oh we encountered some tanks we destroyed a couple of them and so it, it wasn't great but it was okay i'm glad i read it i,
0: I do want to clarify what i when I ask do you ever feel bad about reading these books personally no i'll I'll read anything um what i mean is sometimes like when i go look at um rebel yell which is the book about stonewall jackson yeah and i think about reading that in public it's like
1: what are people gonna (laughs)
0: think about me when they just see stonewall jackson's face on the front of my book like internally i'm fine with it yeah
1: yeah i wonder that too it's not like yeah it's not like there's a big nazi flag or anything and yeah but i yes i i wonder that
0: Because I was I was gonna ask if you've read Panzer Commander, which is a book I've wanted to read for a uh-uh. while, but again, it's like the cover is Panzer Commander. It's a it's a memoir of Hans von Luck, who was a, you guessed it, a, a Panzer commander. Yeah. Someone recommended to me at some point, and it's got great reviews. I'd love to read it, but I just like think like that's a book I really couldn't read in public.
1: <laughs>
0: like also, like not that I'm I'm not embarrassed about anything I do, but I think about my friends on Goodreads, Mm -hmm. which are a lot of like non gaming friends or people I know that really don't really know how interested in history. I'm in, I just imagine like Stonewall Jackson appearing on there. And really, I guess I probably shouldn't even care what they think, but I don't know that stuff's in the back of my mind sometimes. Yeah. All right. What else you got?
1: Um, I'm still reading decision in the West. Um, that's, I'm reading it slowly, even though I like it quite a bit, mostly just because that's that's kind of my bedtime reading book, and it's just been so tired lately. Um, sure. But I've been playing Atlanta as ours, which goes with it. I've been trying to at least keep up in the book to what scenarios I'm playing in the, the battle. So I'm into like the past the, the Resica from the, Ustanala down to the Aowar River or whatever they're called. So I don't remember the names of everything, but it's really interesting. I, I mean, I, I've talked about it before. It's it's the first history book I've ever read that's written like in the present tense, which I think is really fascinating. And then there was a part where he kind of breaks off and goes more into a historical perspective of things. It's It's just really well written. I like it a lot. So I need to spend more time reading it. But it's been really nice. The weather's been nice lately. So I've been just kind of going outside and reading more. So I'm starting to pick up pace on that a little bit. And then the last one, I'm actually listening to this one. It was one of those uh, audible free books. Um, It's called Interview with a Robot. And I got it just because my 10-year-old and I like to listen to books together sometimes. And it was obviously written for for younger readers or whatever. I listened to it all the way through first just to make sure it was okay. And then I'm, I'm listening to her with with it with her right now she's just loving it it's a it's a sci-fi book about it's basically like near future though although the the technology is way past anything we can do right now but it's it's about this this little girl who is a robot and she's just sort of telling her story she's she's in a police station and she has escaped from where she was created and it's it's really good i mean it's it's uh it's it's written for for young readers or whatever, it's not. There's no super mature themes or anything like that, but it's surprisingly good. And it it was a couple months ago. It's an it's an Audible original, I think they're called. It was free on Audible, but I like it quite a bit. I'm thinking it's not
0: a sequel to Interview with the Vampire. No, I
1: don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Either. Although they did have uh, remember uh, who was it? What's her Kristen Dunst? She was in that as like a ten year old girl, wasn't she? Interview with a vampire? Yeah. Wasn't that the one where she played a young vampire girl?
0: Uh, I believe you're right. Yeah. I'm usually pretty bad with that shit. But, <laughs> uh, good. I will add, so I checked out a shit ton of books on Kason. I'm I'm kind of circling back to that. I don't know what, what it is about that particular engagement in Vietnam. I, I think just the, the relief of a siege is, may, maybe that's something that's interested me. So yeah. Kind of before the library shut down, I checked out everything that the Kansas City and the Johnson County <laughs> libraries had to offer on case on.
1: Are there no due dates at this point either? Uh,
0: <laughs> well, no, there are, but I, I don't really know how those are working and there's not a demand. Like I think I can renew for as many times as they allow. Yeah. No one's putting a hold on the hill fights. Yeah. Um, so I, I have been dabbling in those, but nothing concrete in some of those books I mentioned same deal when when I, when we did Operation Pegasus on the list, I talked about some of those books and I ran out of time at the library. It's like, I want to get back to that stuff. So uh, I'm just kind of plinking around between those books, but I don't know what it is. It's just a uh, particular engagement that really catches my eye.
1: Yeah. It's funny because I find that, we were talking about Nevsky earlier, when I pick up a game and I'm getting ready to play it, right now, one of the first things I do is turn to the back of the rule book and look for books to go with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And I I looked through the references on Nevsky and they're all like very – there's some that are like super academic and I couldn't find anything that I was actually going to read.
0: So That was the first thing I did with um, Mets. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I I checked a few of those on the Goodreads uh, to read list because none of those were coming up at the library. But Mm -hmm. yeah, same thing. And I always appreciate an author that has recommended reading. Yeah. Sections, for sure. Okay, let's talk about some games. Uh, maybe some things other than RPGs. Although I do have RPGs on the list. <laughs> just, just because I wanted to mention that you and I, last Monday, sat down with um, a gentleman named Jeff. Um, and we played a... It's system agnostic, so it can be any system. It's a setting called Witch Burner. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about the setting. And no, I can't I've got it t- all figured out. We're going to burn the oh, whole do- town down. Okay, good, down. Yeah, good. Burn the whole Glad town to down. Everyone's so a we have, it's a 30 day <laughs> setting and the players right now have gotten through about two days, super excited about it, but I can't talk about it. It's one of those things that you just got to, if you're going to play it, you can't go read it. The reason I'm bringing it up real quick is if you're at all interested in this RPG talk, there are so many great publishers right now giving away a ton of free oh, RPG yeah. PDFs. And one website in particular is called Exalted. Funeral, which I think Adam mentioned on the last episode of Chance of Gaming. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they have, and they've added more—a ton of free RPG PDFs. Yeah, and a lot of those are great little one-shots or even longer settings. Definitely worth checking out. Which burner, if you think you'd run it, go get it and read it. If you think you'd play through it, don't don't go get it.
1: So yeah, I'm going to get it after we finish so I can see what I missed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to see how a second group handles what we're doing. Yeah. Because you guys are already off the rails.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. We we did beat up a guy and steal a grenade, though, so.
0: Yes, you did. That's <laughs> beautiful. Uh, okay, let's talk about some real games. So I'm going to talk about baseball, which I'm sure our listeners were dying to hear about.
1: Yeah, I think opening day is this weekend, isn't it? <laughs> you no, know, opening
0: day was Thursday. Rich. Oh, was it Thursday? Yeah. See, it's it's oh. come and gone, and um, we so to mark opening day, another guy and I fired up kind of an asynchronous play of Shirko baseball. Yeah. And a few months ago, I went on this buying spree of baseball games. Shirko's is really cool. If you're looking for a solid simulation baseball game i recommend it spending more time with it it's kind of like
1: asl is that the one that's got the grid of the whole field yes okay i've seen that one
0: you can shift your fielders all of that the biggest complaint is okay they have shirko and they have shirko plus which would be like the equivalent not as many rules of asl starter kit (laughs) and asl rules but It's as if if the transition from ASL Starter Kit to ASL Full Rules was, okay, take your Starter Kit rules. Here's 15 different PDFs of all our rule updates that you need to look through to find the new updates to play Sherco Plus. Like, there's no consolidated Sherco Plus rulebook. It's the biggest load of crock. Like, there's one PDF spreadsheet that says, here are the updates to Sherco Plus.
1: So that's kind of like going through an errata file. And then going in the rule book and marking it up yourself or whatever?
0: Yeah, but it's not its not really that organized. <laughs> but if you kind of know, so I'm playing with a guy that knows the differences, mm-hmm. and, and it makes it okay. So I guess it's kind of even more like ASL where everyone says, uh, yeah, just play with someone who knows the game. Anyways, having a lot of fun. We're doing a 1955 Milwaukee Braves versus Brooklyn Dodgers. Which the Brooklyn Dodgers at, at that time were stacked. The Braves were no—I mean, they were—they were no joke either. But um, yeah, we we're a lot of fun, and we're just—we um, hop on when we get some free time, and you know, throw the pitch. And I did feel—I've left him hanging um, in the middle of a ground ball. I took a work <laughs> call, and then the baby woke up from the nap. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done for the day. <laughs>
1: so, anyways, uh, that's Sherko baseball. Great. So you're stuff. playing basically live, but. Stopping in the middle?
0: Yeah. Just for... Okay. Our, because, you know, everyone's working from home right now, so... Okay. Yeah, just play a little baseball, go back to work, you know, do another half inning. That's nice. Cool. All right. We can t- finally talk about real games. Let's talk about train games.
1: What? You skipped yeah. one.
0: <laughs> no, I'll come back to it. Okay. I'll, I'll come back to the actual war games. I just wanted to add, I we wrapped up our, our second play of 18EU, mm-hmm. which is a pretty interesting 18xx entry for like the first half of the game. So you start out and there's 15 or 16 private companies that you bid on from the start that basically merge or they transition into full-blown companies.
1: Okay, so that's a lot more privates than the one I played with. I think the one I played with had like five or something like that. And I
0: guess these are miners. Sorry. These are miners, which is important. That's a little bit different than a oh, okay. private company. Okay. Um and I maybe cross one means one and one means the other, you know.
1: Yeah, somebody's yelling right now.
0: Yeah, right. These are these have got to be the miners because in 1846 there's the two miners. Did you you remember those two that kind of operated like a
1: full-blown com- company? Yes, and then you could you could eventually like buy them out. Yeah. So yeah. like one was the Katie, which I bought and then I transitioned it and the others you could sell to your your major railroad later in the game like one was a a bridge building company and i remember what the other one was
0: right so these are like the independent running companies but there's 15 of them and they stay around until the like phase five or whatever it's and it's that that phase where you have all these miners company and then these major companies float and these minor companies get merged into and and it's it's great for that first half. And then once everything's set and once the miners are out of the way, it's kind of just like, all right, let's run it out. There's not a lot to do at that point. Okay. And so the first third is super important. And then you're a little bit
1: on rails. Yeah. Not that an 18xx player would care, but it sounds like it's a lot more bookkeeping. Um, no, it's
0: not. It's not. I don't necessarily think so. It's not a particularly hard game. It's just, it's got this unique deal where you have all these little companies that become big boy companies at some point. Okay. Um, You just have more company cards to worry about. But,
1: but once they become the, I mean, you're still, they're still railroad companies. You're still, you know, building track and stations and routes Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep.
0: Well, they only have one station they can build routes and they can only build yellow it's it's interesting it's okay. um it's really unique yeah i mean I that's remember.
1: that's what's fascinating about the 18x series to me it's just how yeah. i mean i've i've seen so little of it but it's it it really does fascinate me how how different they i'd like to play more i'd like to play an 18xx game once or twice a year
0: oh yeah well, I think that's a great goal. Yeah. They're, they're fascinating. And each time I start a new one, I just get engrossed. So we're playing 1832, the South now. And as soon as we get going, I'm like, this game is amazing. And I felt mm-hmm. the same way about 18 EU. I've cooled on it. And I felt the same way about
1: 1849, which we're on our,
0: I think, fourth consecutive play of that right now.
1: Wow. So when and where are you, are you playing all these live or what do you, how are you playing all these?
0: We're playing by spreadsheet and a website called board
1: 18. Okay. Yeah. You've talked about that before. I didn't know that you were, I didn't know you had that many game. these 18 games going.
0: Yeah. And some of them kind of like right now an 1830 game wrapped up and then we're like this one 1846 game has just been plodding along along. But 1849 is easily one of my favorites that I've played yet. But this 1830 to the South is like shenanigans all over the place. You got mergers and like two different types of mergers and share protection. Like if someone sells your company, you as the president can buy their shares from them to not have your stock price go down. It's so like right now I own seventy percent of a company, which is above the maximum because I, I sh- bought those shares as they were being sold into the market. Yeah, I know. I just lost a ton of people. My point is, I'm <laughs> super engrossed by this game. I've been on the, I've been on the wait list to get this game uh, delivered to me for probably six months now. I bought it a long time ago. And we're finally just getting around to play it. Anyways, fantastic game for anyone. Our 118XX listener out there, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's talk about some more games real quick for real. Uh, just two real quick. I played a little bit of ASL. I played the Puma Prowls, which is, I think most ASL players who've played for a while will know. It's kind of like a good training tank scenario, okay, or vehicle scenario, I should say. It was fun, and I learned. A whole lot i need to stick with it to not you know forget all of that stuff i had a great teacher kind of walking me through everything uh i really like vehicles in asl
1: yeah me too there's fun i mean honestly just any anything with tanks is just fun i just love tanks they're they're cool they're they're armored they have big guns they they blow each other up you get smoke you get fire you get all sorts of cool things so and asl i think does tanks pretty well i'm not gonna I'm not going to say they're they're historically accurate cuz I don't know if they are or not, but they're fun.
0: Right. I and they were intimidating at first. Yeah. I mean they really were. I was kind of dreading my, you know, my whole goal was to play as much ASL before March Madness as possible. Uh, March Madness was obviously canceled um with the current climate and um I did get this in and it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got a friend. um, He's an Italian guy. And (laughs) I emailed him just a couple weeks ago. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, he actually travels back and forth between Italy and the US for work all the time. That's how I originally met him. Um, But he's like, yeah, me and my family, we're in the US now. So we're okay. You know, obviously, we can't go back to Italy. We're just kind of quarantined for now. And, And I said, well, hey, do you want to play ASL online sometime? He said, absolutely. He said, what do you want to play? And I said, something with tanks. So like I said, work is really crazy now. We haven't had time yet, but maybe we'll play this one.
0: Yeah, this is fun, and it's just like half tracks and little. Oh, okay, tanks. okay. Yeah, yeah, not full size tanks. Yeah. It's like six on six or five on six, and each each side's trying to leave the map. Uh, the Germans have to at least stop one Russian, or or they'll lose. You know. Okay. But it's it's fun though.
1: There's one I played. In fact, I played it with him a couple years ago, and I don't remember the name of it. I'd have to look it up. But there's a bunch of Bunch of Russian tanks trying to get across the map and fewer German tanks trying to stop them. And it was one of the most fun scenarios I've ever played. It literally was one of those ones that came down to the last die roll. I had my, I think I had a Panzer IV behind like a KV-2 or something. I was behind him, so I had the rear shot. If he got off the board, he won. If he didn't get off the board, I won. And I don't remember if, if I missed or didn't, you know, threw a dud or whatever. Whatever happened... I, I had the shot, should have made it. He got off the board and won. But anything that comes down to the last, I roll in ASL. It's going to be fun. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. The last thing I want to talk about, and I'll this is um, I'll spend a little bit more time on this because uh, we're not going to feature a game this this month. Um, we're going to spend some time talking about Rich's favorite games. Um, I, we finally started Axis Empires to Tower Creek which is the European game of the decision games system called Axis Empires. Axis Empires is this um, grand strategic, really sandboxy World War II system. It covers two games, um, to Tower Creek and Dicenso. Dicenso's is the Pacific Theater. The new edition coming out in 2021 is a combined game with some new op- optional air and naval rules. Um, and we talked about this because I've been flirting with this idea of finally starting this game and we fired it up and this game is fantastic, Rich.
1: Yeah. And I really want to, I really want to play Dyson. um, I, I, well, I want to play the, the European side too, because I really want to compare it to unconditional certain to Europe and how, see how they add up. So tomorrow we're
0: actually playing. So our, we've been playing face to face, which has been a blast. Uh-huh. Um, we've got it set up in my basement. Uh, two tables worth. It's actually not that big. It's just the, the maps are just barely wider than a folding table. So I mean, you
1: say two tables worth. You mean for both games, right? No, just the one. But oh, again, just, just the European side again, takes up your old table?
0: Again, it's just because it's a little bit wider than a folding table. Like, okay. I needed another inch, and then I could have got another. <laughs> table. But, yeah, so we've been doing that face-to-face. Obviously, that's postponed. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to fire up Dice if you want to join in, and we're going to play on Vassal. Because the rules really aren't that different. There's more specific rules, and they're all yeah. marked in the rule book Like, hey, here's a rule you need for Desenso. A great game. It's daunting at first. Because you're, you're tracking things like different policies that are affecting nations, different alliances, your influence in, mm-hmm. in minor countries. You know, how much influence in finland does germany have and and all of that stuff seems really overwhelming at first but if you if you actually start with the they give you some scenarios that like okay here's some stuff where you're just going to be walking through movement and walking through combat um those are fine right really it's kind of like i talked about this with battle him right on the gettysburg scenario it starts off so slow that it's actually a nice introduction so with to Taller Creek, the whole shebang, the whole beginning of the war to the end, it starts off so slow that you're only you're managing chunks of the game at a time, and it's all so mechanical and so self-contained that, as Germany, your first couple terms really you're just kind of learning about managing cards and going through the different phases. Okay, then maybe you get to roll on some events tables, so you get to see how events play out, and you get some. Um, reinforcements and so you get to see how do you actually bring troops on the map and it's also let's say you get uh, four infantry replacement points and it says you know four infantry reinforcements or what I don't remember exactly what the card says if you don't actually if you haven't brought those units into the game by card play yet you don't even have to worry about it so for example now you'll have infantry steps but it'll say like I don't know one of the segments is the um, like blitz marker placement and support unit placements. Well, you don't have to worry about those phases because you actually don't own any support units yet. Um, and getting those support units and actually bringing them onto the table to make them available for you is so mechanical that it actually makes it, This game really approachable. It's really nice.
1: Does the game start in 39? No,
0: earlier than that. And I don't remember. I think maybe 36. Oh, okay. 36. Okay. Uh, so our game is completely off the rails. <laughs> he, uh, Germ- Germany tried to demand land fr- from, gosh, was it Czechoslovakia maybe? All right, like, nope, not going to happen. And so they went to war with Germany and, just the term before, basically the allies have two options. They can, France and Russia can enter into a pact or, you know, France and England can do their thing. And how you're playing cards, you know, spell out how those events come to play. Anyways, France and Russia had entered into an agreement that basically left England on its own. And Czechoslovakia, hmm. based off the rules... When they activate as a country that's active in the game, they join someone's side. So are they going to join the communists or are they going to join the um, the West? And so they join the West. Yeah. Well, England's the only one in the West right now. So it was England and Czechoslovakia at war with Germany, <laughs> while Russia and France just circle jerk each other and don't do anything. And so Germany was just able to roll in in Czechoslovakia because you know UK is not going to come invade. Well, they can anyways at that point early on. And then the same thing happened with another minor country down there, maybe Hungary or something like that. I don't remember exactly who it was, but all these little minor countries kept going to war with Germany, technically on England's side, but England just kind of sat there while France and Russia sort out their own things because they are locked into this agreement together and need to bring England in on their side. It's really fascinating, Mm -hmm. but we're completely off the rails. And, yeah, that's Poland the most fun part about it, though. Poland is activated as a as a um, axis power right now, so they're kind of the <laughs> meat shield between Germany and Russia, and Italy. So, as the Germans, you can bring on one country as like your major as your partner is what it's called. So normally you think Italy, mm-hmm. right? But it could be Italy, right. Poland, Turkey. Maybe one more. And so, like, right now, Turkey has influence from the West or Russia or someone. That's actually going to make it really hard for Italy to come into the war as Germany's partner. I'm hoping to bring Turkey into the war. We'll see. I'm also considering invading, like, running Operation Sea Line right now because England's completely on its own. So do I have the support units to pull off an invasion of England? Probably not, but I might try it.
1: That's always the dream. Everyone wants to do C line, <laughs> right.
0: but it, like, here's a game where it may actually like it, you want to do it. Yeah. And here it is because England is completely on their own.
1: Yeah, yeah. The last time we played Cataclysm, I think I think the German guy pulled it off. <laughs> I think yeah because they end England ended up like evacuating to Canada or something like that.
0: <laughs> So this was a, a like a, a miniature deep dive. No, it's not really a deep dive, but, you know, the same kind of discussion we have with games we put on the list. I'm going to wait to put this on the Every War Game Ever list. When, when I do put mm-hmm. it back on, I'm not going to go in as much detail. But, man, what a game and what a story we're telling. And a lot of times you'll play a card. And it'll say, okay, you can play this card, and it's going to give you all these great things that you want to do, but you need to go to the third phase deck and remove two of these cards, which may mean, okay, as the German player, great, now I'm giving up the capabilities for jet fighters and nuclear weapons.
1: And That's it's, cool
0: what Rex pointed out, which is a good point is you're not giving up the capabilities for nukes so much as you're focusing on helicopters or whatever kind of tech you want to focus on. the Germans later in the war is really what you're doing. So you're not giving up things. You're, you're yeah. focusing your attention somewhere for something later. It's a great game.
1: Yeah. It sounds like I'd like it a lot. Um, it sounds like, so unconditional surrender to Europe, which I love is, um, I, I don't consider that a strategic game because you're not making production decisions. Everything just comes to you. I consider that like a grand operational game. Um, it's all about supply lines and movement of forces and everything. But the units, they just come mm-hmm. when they come. You make no decisions at all. It sounds like this adds that to US. Oh,
0: yeah. Like some cards you're going to play no matter what. And so you're going to get 13 Panzer... Units that can come onto the board. Right. But Mm -hmm. you can also like some cards will give you mountain troops. And if you don't play that card, then you don't get them because cards leave the game. And that also means that things come on at different times. So there's a lot of flexibility. And, you know, for example, like if the French in this game didn't build the Maginot line, which gave them different troops. So they, instead of having all this fortress units that, you know, they could have used now they have, I don't know, You know, three more army, three more infantry corps or something. I I don't remember the scale exactly. It's pretty zoomed out, but I think it's army size. You know, things will come on historically to a certain extent, but yeah, you control a lot of that. And like as Germany, you can can kick off the war whenever you want, really. It's kind of up to you, or you can just mobilize and mobilize and mobilize and mobilize. I wanted to mobilize and go to war on my terms, but then I got greedy with the Czechoslovakian land grab and that kicked the whole thing off.
1: How many players are you playing it with? Two. So you're, will it play well with three since there's three yes. factions basically? Yes, okay. Because
0: Russia has their own deck. Okay. Um, And it's, everything's very mechanical. Everything is. So it, it's, Same thing every time, just going through this checklist. And and then you look at the card and the cards are broken down and you only do this part of the card during certain phases and then you do the rest of the card during these other phases. It it all really makes sense once you see it in action. Um, And so everyone just goes through that cycle. So I do my German turn and then he does his West, then he does his Russian and you just go round and round. I told myself I was not getting the reprint. I was like, why? I I have this. (laughs) I have Total Krieg. I can probably find a Senso cheap when everyone's getting their new shiny editions.
1: When's Uh, that come out? Do you know?
0: It's 2021. I thought it was supposed to be the 2020 edition, but, um, man, if, so right now, air and, um, Navy stuff is really abstract. Mm-hmm. really abstract, and there are supposedly new rules, well not supposedly, that's what they're marking it as, optional rules, so you can play the current Axis Empires game, or you can play with these super detailed air and navy rules, which is really enticing Like,
1: Especially if you're talking about Dysenso, I mean yeah, you want like more detailed navy, fleets, navy rules Yeah,
0: right, <laughs> yeah. I, I want an awesome game where you're managing fleets and, and all that stuff, so yeah.
1: yeah
0: I don't know, I think I'll probably cave and it's like 200 bucks, so...
1: Yeah, I'll probably get Dysenso when it comes out.
0: No, 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 no. There's there's only one combined game now.
1: Oh, it's. I see, I see. They're still not selling them separately anymore? Okay. Yeah, I think you can play them... Se- like, You could still
0: just do Pacific Theater if you wanted, I think. Yeah. But it's one combined box now. Mm. Do I, do such I a think sucker. there's $200 worth of stuff in there? Oh, yeah, because the replayability is just going to be bonkers. Not only, like, just in the... T- and how the card, so everything's based off cards. I keep mentioning these cards, everything you do on your turn, other than basic movement and like combining troops and everything is these cards that you pick. And so the order you play those cards is going to change the game. But then a lot of those cards are sending you to all these different random events tables. So all those random events are going to play out differently each time. I mean, the replayability of this game is through the roof. Hmm
1: yeah well, i'm interested
0: yeah if you want if you'd like we're supposed to play this since so tomorrow yeah in the afternoon
1: i think i'm uh i think i got family day tomorrow but sure 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 <laughs> all right that's
0: since i'm not featuring a game that's Axis empires i'm going to tell you when this when this goes on the list this will rank very high assuming like like we're still early like we have combat now And, you know, shit's kicked off, but I don't really see this game getting worse. Mm -hmm. So, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Now, before we get to your favorite games of all time, do you have an update on Atlanta's ours?
1: Yeah, I talked about it last time, but honestly, this is really the only game I've been playing much over the past month. I've played... A little bit of... I've got, at any cost, Mets on the table now. and But really, I've most been playing Atlanta as ours. And I did actually get to play it against a friend on Thursday night. We played on Vassal. So I don't think I'm quite ready for a full review of it. But that'll probably be my featured game next month. I really like it a lot. It's a good game. Um, it's a good series. It's just... I really... The more I get into it, the more I like the little things that I thought would annoy me. Like the roll for movement um the the rolling to see if your assault goes through and I think part of it is because uh, like I said I'm reading the book uh, Decision in the West and they talk about how you know there were planned assaults and everything that the guys just didn't show up on time you know they're like, oh yeah, those guys were still 12 miles behind the front when they were supposed to be attacking so um it's 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 very interesting the way they they model all those things and I think I've mentioned this before too, but it models cavalry so well. I mean cavalry, mm-hmm. you just you stick a one strength point cavalry movement out where you think you're got the other guy's going to go and they just eat up the other guy's movement. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've got this big stack of 16 infantry. I'm going to come and kick your ass. No, you're not. You're going to stay right there because my cavalry just slowed you down. So, it's it's really good. All the little things are just really growing on me. So, I'm I'm super getting into it.
0: Yeah, the, those rules I mean they they capture that indecision or plans yeah. go wrong in in the Civil War so well. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit, but I can't agree more on the like your cavalry's now like six hexes in the back lines, like if if things go wrong, but yeah, yeah at least you stop their their movement in and cost them an activation, which can be huge in this game.
1: Yeah. yeah, because, you know, their next activation they may they may roll one and they're not moving very far or yeah. they may get everybody into position like this happened last night or Thursday night when we we're playing. He's got everybody in position. He's ready to assault. He's fine. It took him three turns to get there. Oh, guess what? You just rolled into six for command for assault. They're not going. Yep. <laughs> so too bad. Yeah. yeah. And then now that now they're at four fatigue and they're done. So,
0: you know, you know, it's funny is this is like this is like silver bayonet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, and that—that's why I think it's so funny—is because that frustrated me so much about Silver Bayonet. But now, eh, now I'm starting to I'm starting to get it more, which is interesting too. Because I guess in my mind, you know, we're talking about 110 years difference, but the people in Silver Bayonet were still using whistles and trumpets. It's not like they were using radios. So. That, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Interesting side note: I was talking about Silver Bayonet to my daughters. And my 10-year-old is fascinated by this whole idea of hidden movement. And she goes, will you teach me that game? I'm like, yes, I will. Nice. <laughs> so if I can be playing Silver Bayonet with my 10-year-old, I'm going to consider myself a success.
0: Yeah, I, I <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm glad you're liking um, GCACW because yeah. I've yet to play a campaign game. But what a system.
1: Yeah, I haven't gotten into the advanced rules yet either. I'm still going through the basic scenarios, which is part of the reason it's it's still here and not ready to review in full, but pretty sure by next month this will be my featured game.
0: Nice. Let's let's hope so.
1: Yeah. I, I will I will and I love demand
0: out. that we at least play the campaign game, a campaign game beforehand. Because you know, Silver Bayonet has this asterisk hanging on the list because yeah. neither of us <laughs> played a post campaign, but whatever, it's fine.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh good. Uh I, I think I'm going to, you know, there's more GCACW coming out this year. Well, I take that back. You know, MMP is deemed yeah. non-essential, so maybe maybe that
1: stuff's getting pushed back. I don't know. Yeah. How is a war game publishing company not essential? <laughs> I don't think these people understand.
0: <laughs> Speaking of that, did you get any, um, did you buy anything in the Compass sale?
1: No, I didn't. I thought about it, but... Even at 40% off, I mean, the games that I was really interested in, like Blue Water Navy, my Mm -hmm. friends already got. I'm going to get to play that. And I thought, eh, it's honestly a a game my uh, another friend designed, Bar Lev, I had already bought last year, so.
0: Okay, good. Uh, So what I thought we would do this week is maybe have a little bit of fun with – I'm a man that loves lists. And early on when I started, I did my top ten games – of all time across all genres so euro games meritrash war games whatever and since rich is on i thought it'd be a good time to go through since uh we didn't even cover this but like the kc historical game day was canceled i mentioned march madness was canceled and
1: yeah st louis Wargamers game was more or less canceled i think we had a couple people play a game on vassal but none of us got together right
0: it's just a hard time to do that, and that's fine. I don't, I don't mind making that sacrifice for sure. It's the least important thing I do. <laughs> uh, so since our game time has been limited, unless you want me to um, make an every RPG ever list, uh, <laughs> I thought we would do Rich's top ten games of all time. Yeah, plus it will
1: give us something to fight about, and not a way fun.
0: Yeah, so uh, Rich asked if I wanted to know before him, and I was like, you know what?
1: Actually, I don't want to know. I'd <laughs> surprised. All right, so I'm actually going to start off with two honorable mentions. These are games Ugh. that, so I know, it's it feels like cheating, but these are games, or systems, because I'm going to cheat on that too. Honorable mentions are games that I think should be on my list, but I just haven't played them enough yet. Okay. So, first one, OCS. I've dabbled in OCS. It's amazing, but I haven't put enough into it yet to really put it on my list. So, honorable mention. Second one, GCACW. We just talked about nice. it. Haven't quite played it enough yet. I think it should be on the list. I'm not sure where, but those are going to be, you know, maybe in a, uh, by the end of the year, those two will be on the list.
0: Did you see, real quick before you get started, did you see the third winter cover?
1: I did, yeah. I, like, I can't oh, remember who said it on Twitter, but someone man. said, it makes me feel cold looking at it. <laughs> I love it. Oh. That's going to be a
0: big one, too, right? Like That's a big old OCS entry, I think.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I would imagine so. I don't know how much of the Eastern Front it's going to cover, but yeah. Yep, looks good. I'm still waiting for Hungarian Rhapsody, though. I can't wait. Okay, so number 10, Silver Bayonet. Wow. I like it. I like it a lot, um, and I know it still sort of has that asterisk because I haven't played against someone, but the more... I, I, I know i just i think of the games that just fascinate me as an idea the whole the hidden movement the, the beautiful map silver Bennett, that's my number 10 game of all time
0: even with the um coordination check huh
1: yeah like i said I, i'm kidding I, I'm, I'm i'm getting there it's it's frustrating as hell but it should be so okay good wow all right number nine not a historical game star wars legion hmm It's so good. Have you played it at all? I
0: played one game and, and here's how the day went. Um, my brother was (laughs) setting up all his pieces. He had started to paint some of them. His buddy came over. Um, his buddy and I sat down and played, um, band of brothers, the tactical game. Um, I've talked about quite a bit while he put his pieces together. And then, um, he let me command like one little group of guys, and then it really is just like, I'm not really doing anything meaningful here, so I'm gonna take off. That was my experience <laughs> Legion.
1: So I got the rules,
0: but I haven't really played Blade.
1: Okay, I have not, a, I'm not a miniatures guy, never really have been. I've never played Warhammer or I mean, I could name Malfo any one of those games, never played a single one. Star Wars Legion was the first miniatures game I've ever played, so I'm a terrible painter. I don't enjoy painting, but I also won't put things on the table that are not painted. So I do it, you know, the best I can, at least to make them look decent. Um, But Legion is just really good. They've got four factions out now. They all play a little differently. Um, It's interesting. It's Star Wars. It's just fun to play. And if you really hate painting and you just want to see how it plays, you can play it on Tabletop Simulator, and it's got a really nice version of it out there
0: should uh i'm gonna ask you to teach me sometime i have yeah. tabletop simulator we should do it uh i'm not a miniatures guy but if someone throws it down on the table and says hey i'll teach you yeah and here's awesome terrain and and armies that are painted up yeah should, yeah I'll yeah play.
1: and honestly that's uh, i don't know if i'd call it the worst part about it but maybe the worst part about getting people into it is i don't have two full armies to throw down on the table you know, now that they have a skirmish mode out there, I actually do have enough for two skirmish mode armies, but they're not going to be ideal. So um, it's it's kind of hard to get new people into it for that reason. Right. But tabletop simulator is a way, great way to do it.
0: I'm honestly surprised. So I'm, I, I still have all my X-Wing stuff. I was really into Armada. And mm-hmm. then like one time I was playing Armada. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> and so i got rid of all my armada stuff kind of before it died out so i didn't yeah. really get, i didn't really get burned on that i was really surprised when legion came out that it wasn't pre-painted because if it's you yeah. know based off an IP i think you can get away with pre-painted miniatures and i if agree. did it for Armada and x-wing why not do it for i mean people are gonna pray that pay the premium yeah even if you however much more if yeah. legion was painted i would have been in hard on day one
1: yeah. I just won't paint. Yeah. And now, with the newer factions out there, they don't even come. Now they're they're all on sprues, and there's more assembly and everything, oh, and, which nope. really makes me not want to expand my collection. But I'm, I'm happy with the army that I have right now. I play Rebels, and I've got a nice 800-point army that I enjoy playing. So
0: Yeah, we should try that skirmish mode sometime. I know you yeah. guys have talked about that on Chance of Gaming quite a bit. Yeah.
1: All right. Number eight series, uh, Semitage Zokboned. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you oh. still I'm haven't played Ukraine. Every time. Here. Yeah. Every time I go to miniature market, I'm so tempted by it. Haven't played. Not Ukraine. Uh, uh Stalingrad, the new one, the oh, one yeah. you love so much. Haven't played it, but I've played. Uh, I played Normandy. I've played Holland. I've played Ardennes. Is it called? Yeah, that's called Ardennes. Um, Holland is my favorite in the series. Um, but I'm really interested in playing Stalingrad as well. It's a great you know, series. Who knows what
0: April in St. Louis is going to look like. I yeah. <laughs> foresee that we probably won't be getting together in April. Yeah. But I've got the time off. I mean, I don't know what, like. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe that's a time like I could probably get away with. Hey, you know, I was going to be gone this day, anyways. Do you mind if I play Stalingrad all day?
1: Oh, yeah, maybe. absolutely. Yeah yeah that sounds good i i, I assume actually assume there's a vassal i, I just bought a bigger monitor for my laptop mm-hmm. so i've got a nice big vassal <laughs> monitor and sitting in front of me all good to go um but yeah it's a great series it's it's not i mean if if you've never played a war game before you're going to look at the rule book and go oh my gosh you know what that is but for war gamers it, it makes sense everything is um you know it 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 just flows nicely. The only thing I don't like about this series, um, and this probably is the reason it's number eight, maybe not higher, is that there's a lot of exceptions in the rules. A little, There's a lot of like, this unit can do this, and this unit can do this, and that can get annoying because I always forget those things anyway, but it's still a good series.
0: One, I think it's deep enough, deep enough for your experienced war gamers to dive in, or... That's what I cut my teeth on. I mean, Normandy 44 was, gosh, like the third or fourth game I played. I I don't know. Uh, So just real quick, look. I don't see a Vassal module for Stalingrad yet.
1: Oh, interesting. Because that's a GMT game. Usually GMT games come out quickly. Someone's
0: got to get on Joel and say. Yeah. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although um, I'm seeing real quick that they had a play testers one and then Mark Simenich said it shouldn't be too far, but that was back in October. So I wonder hmm. where it's at. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. Great series. I agree. Yeah. I wouldn't have cheated. I would have picked a game, but it's what it is. What it is.
1: Well, if I had to pick a game, I'd go with Holland because that's my favorite of that series. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to replay uh, Holland. I'm going to cheat again on the next one. Next war. <laughs> okay well you can't do the whole
0: series if you've all have you only played india pakistan
1: no i've also played poland
0: okay, okay. yeah i have I'm korea i've only played one game <laughs> in the series you can't do the whole series i have
1: korea on my shelf and i haven't played it yet and i don't have taiwan so vietnam I'm, i've already i've pre-ordered that so i'll get it as soon as the p500s come
0: out mm, but, Can't
1: wait. yeah um i like poland better than india pakistan um but they're both really good next war is good um I mean, I've said this before, the reason I like it so much is because it doesn't feel like World War II with newer units. Um, and I haven't really dived into all the uh, all the supplements yet, but the supplements make it even more so. It's like, you right. can do cyber warfare, you can do special ops, you can do all these cool things, um, you can monitor the whale threat level. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just Next War is just, it's really, really well written. I like the series, and... Um, actually played a little bit of uh, next war poland just last week. I just put the vassal module up and was playing it on my computer and then, you know, work got in the way and I didn't get to play as much as I wanted, but yeah, next war is number 7 on my list.
0: I need to circle back to my India Pakistan game.
1: Yeah. India Pakistan means- is like if someone had never played next war, definitely start with sure. India Pakistan. Just cuz it doesn't have the neighbor rules and, you know, especially in some of the smaller scenarios you can you can jump right into. And it's fun. Yep. I, played, I played that one with Mitch last year. We had a, kind of like you did, we had a, game, a day where he came and taught Next War and we all played India-Pakistan. And, and he's like, well, I got to show you how the nukes work. So he nuked me a few times.
0: <laughs> that's good stuff.
1: Yeah. So that's number seven, Next War series. Number six. Now you're going to get bad. The U.S. Civil War wow no i'm happy oh really yeah. i thought you'd be mad that i didn't have a number one i mean because
0: like rich you play a fair amount of games with your family I, right like you play euro games and card games and stuff too right i do yeah um but like, so go I mean, to like bgg you went to right. dice tower con right
1: yes yep right so exactly. like
0: i would consider you a well-versed gamer yeah. so like if U.S. of civil wars cracking six in your top 10 list i'm
1: ecstatic so here's the thing though i and actually i was talking to my because i was talking to my kids about this today and they're asking what's on my list and we we're just talking about it a little bit um the game that i've been playing the most lately is gloomhaven uh-huh. um i play it with both my daughters and i have a separate campaign going with two friends so literally like the last month i've probably played gloomhaven 20 times um maybe even more than that and they were asking is gloomhaven on your list and i said no and here's why gloomhaven the game is very good and the more i play it the more i like it but the thing i like about gloomhaven is who i'm playing with and the campaigns that i'm playing with my friends and with my family the game itself is not as good as these games it's just the experience of playing it that i enjoy so much okay so that's the reason it's not on my list, even though I enjoy it so damn much. All of these games, obviously I enjoy playing them, but I think the games themselves are better.
0: Uh, I I respect that. And that makes
1: sense. Yeah. And, and and the US Civil War, I'm fascinated by this game. It's almost like <laughs> I'm a I'm a, it's a drug that I'm addicted to, but I don't like the victory conditions. They drive me nuts. And I think I think I have finally figured it out, in my opinion anyway. You have to go with either the variable activations or the moving goalposts. Both of them together don't work. No, I played another, no. I actually played, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm no, because so I box, no. no, go, go, Okay, go, so I, I played a game with a guy. It's just some random guy posted on the BGG US Civil War board. I said, hey, let's play a uh, play-by-email game. And he's like, yeah, let's play. And I said, who do you want to play? He said, I'll play the North. And I said, cool, I'll play the South. Um, on, I think I beat him on Activation 3, maybe 4. I think it might have still been the first turn, maybe the beginning of the second, where he gave up. Because I I controlled DC. And I he had nothing. He's like, there's nothing I can do at this point. You control DC. My, my armies have been smashed. We're done. And I just rolled one activation two or three times in a row, I literally can't do anything about it. So it's definitely frustrating if you get one activation a few times in a row as the north, I can't see how you're going to win. It's not even a matter of like, it's tough to win, I don't think you will win. I might be wrong. That's
0: I mean, my odds of getting that are so low because one really know. means three.
1: Well, one is actually like the best right, thing. You right. Can. Well, one is better than two, but right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But really, if you think about it, one and three are basically the same, except that with three, you can do it anywhere you want one. You have to divide it up.
0: We need to play first off.
1: Oh yeah, foremost. definitely.
0: We've got to play. this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever won as the North, (laughs) at least in a, definitely not in a full, like in the campaign game. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: but even then it doesn't bother me because I, I see where I'm messing up. And that's why I like the game so much. That's why I say I'm fascinated with it, even though I'm frustrated with that one part of it, because even if I play that game and even if I lose in turn or turn seven, I think is where I usually automatically loses the North. I still like it. And I still think but one and one thing I think is fascinating about that historically is I think on the board, don't they say like, Oh, Sherman took Atlanta on this one yeah. or mm-hmm. you know, Vicksburg fell on this one, and yeah. you're looking at it and you're going, What the hell? How is that possible?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, ah, so good. It I, is I am it is it so nervous. good. Really yeah.
1: <laughs> and it'll All just right.
0: climb and climb until it's
1: yeah. number five, Red Storm. Fair enough. So good. I mean, and I see Joel Toppins playing this one on Facebook now, and I love it. And um, this is another one. So the only problem I have with this game is the stacking of the counters can get annoying because you've got... um, So have you played it yet? I know you've got it, but... Okay. Not only do you have your six hex facings, but you can face toward the, the lines and everything too. So really you've got 12 hex facings, and if your planes, after they get in a dogfight, they might have four or five counters stacked up on them. And if you've got three or four planes inside three hexes next to each other, and they've all got five counters, it gets very messy. So this is another one that now I've got this big monitor. This is definitely going to go up on Vassal, and I'm, I'm actually going to try. I've never tried the Solitaire scenarios, so I'm going to try those and just see how they go. Because I love the game so much. So, That's, Red Storms number five.
0: Uh, that makes me curious to hear your four, three, two, and one
1: because yeah. uh, I know how four, much I like Red Storm. Yeah, four. We've already talked about. It. I've mentioned it already. Unconditional surrender, Europe. Hmm. So good. Um, and honestly, if I were to play to uh, Teller Krieg, it might replace this one. I'm not sure, but I haven't sure. played it. So this one I have played. And as far as a uh, strategic World War II, even though, like I said, I don't technically think it's strategic, it's more like brand operational, uh, there's no better game that I have played that covers all of World War II. Uh, it's just, it's it's got a little bit of politics in it. Um, you can, there's a like a political draw phase where you can add influence to the other countries and stuff like that. Um, but it's not, it's not heavy-handed or anything it's just like oh i'm gonna try to get the fins on my side and now the the, the west and the russians have to say oh now i have to deal with the fact that he's trying to get them on their side and stuff like that um army movement is good it's simple it's very low counter density which makes it amazing to play on cardboard rather than on vassal because you don't have to stack stuff up every you know you basically always just have one shit in a hex um, and it's just so good that the air operations are really good. You know, you get a number of sorties and you can't replace all of them. Um, if there's any negative thing about it, I would say that the naval stuff is mm, under dealt with. But that's OK. I mean, honestly, except for maybe Germans trying to blow up shipping. There wasn't a whole lot of naval combat on that side in World War II. Um, and and that's sort of dealt with abstractly through a strategic warfare phase but unconditional surrender europe is just an absolute ball to play i played a full campaign with a couple friends last year we ended up playing i uh, probably went 40 hours or so over a period of two or three months and i loved every minute of it but so i'd like i'd like to play it i'd like to compare it to tellgree i'm not sure how it would hold up but we'll see uh, number three is another one that's not a historical game, but it's just so damn good. Twilight Imperium 4. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, the I there is only one game that I would rather spend an entire Saturday playing, um, and that'll be number two on the list. <laughs> uh, but Twilight Imperium 4 is just so good. You get... Um, and in some ways, this is better because you can play this with as few as three players, and it's still a fun game. But if you play six players... It's like I don't know if you've ever played Diplomacy. Um, I don't. No, but I'm
0: familiar with it. I
1: don't enjoy Diplomacy. It's not my game. I can't. I don't like lying to my friends' faces. Um, I just can't do it. But Twilight Imperium Four is like everything that's good about Diplomacy with none of the bad stuff about Diplomacy. Hmm. It's uh, people go into it thinking, "Oh, I don't." I've, I've had people say this to me. I'm not sure I want to play that because I, I don't really like war games, and I think it's not. It's not a war game in that it's nothing but combat because combat is kind of like a last resort or or you have to use it very strategically. And You know, I'm going to attack this one sector, but that's all I really want to do because I need this planet for this thing or whatever. There's just so many interesting decisions and I've seen so many people that um, just jumped to it for the first time and instantly thought, wow, this is a hell of a game. It's just amazing and fun to play.
0: I played third edition, oh, years ago. Yeah. Um, It was three of us, and um, like my brother got a little pissy towards the end. And I'm like, you spend (laughs) six or seven hours playing a game, and then it's like, you're going for the win, and then someone starts acting like a a little punk. It kind (laughs) of takes away from it, but I love the game. I mean, the game was great, and then we ended up, like, it was kind of anticlimactic, like the guy just came in and snuck into whatever planets there in the middle, and that's what he needed for his victory edition or whatever. I don't don't remember exactly how everything works. I would love to play 4th edition. Um, The deal is, I've seen it once, right? And Mm -hmm. whereas you say you this is something you'd want to spend a saturday playing like yeah i would play it for sure and i would like to circle back at some time but i also think like damn if i'm gonna dedicate a whole day to one game i think there's other things but yeah and i'm not knocking that that's just how i how i feel yeah about it. yeah it's obviously a good choice i mean people this game people love it I mean, oh it's yeah a very it's so game, good
1: so. yeah uh, number two on the list is the only thing that I would choose over Twilight Imperium 4 to spend an entire Saturday playing. That is Here I Stand. Nice. So Here I Stand, um, it's it, the only knock I would say against Here I Stand is you have to have six players. Um, and you don't have to. There are rules for fewer than six, but it drops off drastically in quality with less than six. But if you have six players and each of those six players already knows how to play a game, I can I don't think there is a better way to spend a day. It's just amazing. It's a it's a well balanced game. It's fun to play. It's got diplomacy in it. It's got the good kind of backstabbing in it. It's got alliances that switch and it's just so damn good. I love the game so much. So like if I had I if I had my point. druthers, I would play every single month, I would like alternate Twilight and Pyramid Hero Stand. So it's <laughs> tough to it's to tough to arrange that though. Yeah.
0: And I think that's that's a big knock on it too yeah. is getting six people that know it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if if we had ideal situations for every game, I mean yeah. if if you had eight people who knew Kingdom of Heaven, yeah. it'd be amazing. Um but yeah, uh Here I is yeah. definitely on my list to play. I would love to play it. I bought a copy last year. Yeah. Um and so unique theme too. I mean, like what a mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I haven't played that. Virgin Queen. Um, I'd like to play that sometimes. Mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like the, the sequel to Here I Stand. Haven't played it, I'd like to, but I love Here <laughs> I Stand. And then, see if you can guess my number one game of all time. <laughs> I don't know, ASL? Advanced Squad Leader, wow, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so good. Um, the most fun you can play on a tiny little space. Um, and I, I've actually got to play it a few more times this year. Um I just, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. It's just, it's just fun. It's just good. It's, it's maneuver, it's machine guns, it's tanks. It's a tiny little board. It's, um, it's another one that, so it's, it's, it's very skill-based. Um, it's, it is a dice game, but if you put a good player against the bad player, the good player is going to win every single time because it is a skill-based game and the more you play it, the better you get at it. So,
0: yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by this at all. I think give me enough time with it. It's going to be in my top 10 for sure. There's a reason that people make ASL their game of choice. I mean, there's guys that only play play ASL and, or, you know, other similar tactical games. Yeah. Um,
1: but it's good. Yeah. We talked, we talked earlier about, um, sort of the, the list of games that we want to play during this quarantine time or whatever. And I was actually considering setting up, um, one of the, uh, I don't think I'm going to do Red Barricades, but uh, Hatton and Flames maybe, which is a smaller historical ASL and just playing it solo. A- ASL is not a good solitaire game, but it's it's still fun. Sure. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? And I, I've said this multiple times before, but just in case there's anyone new listening or, or they missed it before or whatever, don't. I would not buy into ASL because of the whole debacle with not getting the rule book and you know, what's in print and what's out of print. And what I'll say is, don't go get the starter kits. Don't turn yourself off from ASL because you think the starter kits are inferior or, or anything. The, no, the oh, the starter yeah. kits convert so well. My transition into full ASL, I'm I'm not an experienced player. If you listen to this podcast, you know how long I've been playing. Um, It's been made so much easier because of playing with starter kit, I think. And that first starter kit is really approachable and there's really nice walkthroughs on BGG to get you through it. Um, So don't, I don't know if, like people like are intimidated by it because I know they are because I was too. And I'm just going to say like, no, go for it. It's worth it.
1: Yeah, so I, I 100% agree. I saw they actually just came out with another starter kit expansion pack for mm-hmm. more scenarios. Um, it wouldn't be number one, but even if all I had was the ASL starter kit, I mm-hmm. think it would probably still be on my list mm-hmm. because the starter kit is that good, especially yeah. if you've got all four boxes of it. You've, you know, you've got PTO, you've got tanks, you've got guns, you've got, I mean, you've got everything except for
0: snipers.
1: Uh, yeah. Snipers is the big thing that starter oh. starter kit is missing, mm-hmm. but still good and and there's still lots of scenarios in it so
0: yeah uh well I agree and I'm I'm sure when I revisit my top 10 um so we'll we'll crack the list um, yeah somewhere good good stuff rich this there is, we go uh, now you know I, what games I, honestly I like. honestly <laughs> expected maybe I was um oh what's the uh well the words escaping me but I don't know I was expecting more euro games I guess
1: interesting so yeah and actually i mean i don't know i was so here's my sort of also receiving votes ones that definitely weren't going to make my top 10 list but ones i considered um at any cost mets Mm. a victory lost falling sky fire in the lake and then solitary game d-day at Peleliu, battle hymn spirit island which is sort of a co-op euro type game gloomhaven and Root (laughs) had to get on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Those are sort of my also receiving votes list.
0: Yeah. So like my, my list is like half Euro games. And even though the amount of Euro games, my wife and I play and like, I used to go to a month, a weekly Euro game meetup. Mm -hmm. um, So I used to play a shit ton more like, There's still five Euro games on my list fighting for, you know, top, top prize, if you will. Yeah. Um, But good, good stuff.
1: Yeah. I think probably part of my list is the reason partially that's like that is for whatever reason, my wife and I just don't play that many games anymore. Um, I've been playing a lot with my daughters. But I haven't been playing that many with my wife. There are a few that she enjoys playing. In fact, we're going to play something tomorrow. Um, she really likes Viticulture. That should mm-hmm. probably be on the also receiving votes list. That's a really good game that she enjoys playing with me. Um, there are a few others. Uh, what if we... She likes Clank. That's a fun game. It's it's not near the top of my list, but it, it's fun to play with them.
0: Yeah, Viticulture is what like my brother and I always played games and my mm-hmm. wife would get dragged into games and played, but Viticulture's like what was her step and really mine into like, I don't know if I'd really call it heavy now, but into heavy Euro games. Right. It was yeah. that, all right, let's try this. And it was super intimidating to us at first. And then she loved it. And like in that first month we played that fucking game, like 15 <laughs> times. I mean, we couldn't stop. And, uh, yeah, so it's still one of our favorites. Although she admits now it's no longer her favorite. Um, she has some she likes more, but mm-hmm. uh, great, great game and a cool theme. Nice. Okay, uh, I thought about like, I don't know. This is where we should have talked about RPGs, but I was like, I know, like <laughs> what else? What else are we doing? What else is going on? What else are we playing? Um, because I noticed on Twitter you you fired up a, a Civ Six game.
1: I did. Yeah. I, um, Civ six. Well, the civilization series, I've over the, the different, you know, I think I started at two, I've never played one, but starting at two, I can't even imagine how many hours I put into it. And I haven't played Civ six in a while. In fact, I was two expansions behind. And then a friend of mine was talking about. He's like, Hey, do you play Civ six? I said, yeah, I used to, I haven't played it in a while. And he was telling me about the new expansions, the gathering storm in particular. And, uh, and he got me, got me to buy. It. Well, actually, so what I did. This is what you should always do with Steam: put it on your wish list, wait for them to send you the email. Mm-hmm. As soon as it goes on sale, I went ahead and bought it. So I've been playing that one, and I do like the expansion. It's got some cool. Well, it's got lots of new leaders you can play with. It's got some new victory conditions. It reminds me more of. It, it look. It reminds me more of way Civ Five was at the end of it, where they've mm-hmm. got diplomatic victory, and now, but they do have like. Yeah world disasters and stuff like that, tornadoes coming through and droughts and all that. And yeah, it's fun. It's it's a great one of the things that I always love about any game, but especially one of the things I love about Civ 6 is it's one of those games that you can walk away from at any time. Like you can literally get up from your computer, walk away, which you're learning as a new parent, you have to do lots of times, and the game will sit there and wait for you. Nothing bad will happen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but the ability to walk away is actually really hard because it's like one, one Yeah, third.
1: oh exactly. Yeah, there's been lots of times that I've gone to bed way too late because oh, I just got to I'm going to wait till I research the next tech. Mm, oh, I'm going to wait until I can upgrade my my frigates into battleships. Oh, I'm going to wait until I take this one city.
0: <laughs> so we've been uh, we've had a play by cloud game going for over a year now.
1: I, you know, I have never ever played six any civ game multiplayer. It's fun. It's yeah, slow. It's like, different like
0: though. A year and a because half because players and... play
1: different differently than AI.
0: Right, right. Which I I, I uh, whoa, I like that quite a bit more. Um, so I've been we've been doing that for like a year and a half, and oh, probably yeah. when that started up and when Gathering Storm came out, I was like, oh yeah, I'll play. I'll play a little bit more, and then it's kind of been cold rather than taking my turns in this year and a half game who knows if we'll ever finish it and then my brother and his buddies decided to fire up a game there's one four player game and one five player game so i've when those kicked up i i started playing again too and then i saw on twitter i was like oh rich is playing <laughs>
1: so um, when you play those uh are all of the the major civs players or are there any ai's mixed in there so
0: in in the new games it's all players we had a player drop out of our um the game that's been going for longer. So uh, China is now an AI. So basically if someone quits the game, Oh, that's they cool. They taken over my computer. Cool. Uh, one other thing I talk about, um, because I've gotten some emails about it and I probably should have put this at the front of the show is what is our plan for a historic fest with, you know, so many conventions closing down and, and tournaments and everything else that's going on in the world with coronavirus right now. The plan going forward with Historic Fest is we're gonna keep we're gonna proceed along as if the event is a go. Um, The I've been talking with Overland Park Convention Center; they're fully anticipating to be up and running by June. Um, Now, what they're basing that off of, I have no idea, but I think that's a Hopefully a reasonable expectation. Um, the optimist in me certainly hopes by June that we've returned to some state of normalcy. Um, so we'll proceed along that way. Um, I just wanted to know what my options were. Like, when do I have to make a decision? So if, if come the end of June this is still an issue, we will just change the date. We will postpone, um, which is a way basically for me not to lose out on everything I've put in. And then if that doesn't work for the people attending now, we'll just refund your money, of course, um, and we'll go from there. But right now, it's it's a green light, and we'll just keep planning that way for as long as we can. I don't want to bury my head in the sand. It's not something we'll ignore. As soon as I know something, um, something else is... Uh, and by that, I mean, as, as soon as I know that we're going to go in a different direction and cancel it, you know, as soon as possible. But uh, for now, uh, green line on Historic Fest.
1: Awesome. I can't wait. It's looking more and more like the, uh, you know, the the small one that you and I are both going to go to at the end of April. I think it's probably going to be canceled. So I get one in at least here, yeah, this that's, year. Yeah, that's
0: what I keep thinking. That's like March Madness was canceled. Like, yeah. ho- hopefully then that means that some of those guys that were going to go to March Madness will... Um, pop over to this. I mean, it would be nice. Not that I want to see these other events canceled. That's not what I'm saying. But like, all right, this shit's over. Like, all right, great. Now here's a weekend where we can all get together and start playing war games again. It'd be nice if that's how it worked out.
1: We'll see. Yep. Till then, we've got Vassal on Tabletop Simulator.
0: Yes, we we have got to play U.S. Civil War. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I really need to play Unconditional Surrender. Okay. Um, anything else?
1: No. Stay safe. Stay separate. Play yeah. games. Please roll Roll low or roll high, depending on the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. We were talking a little bit before about the current situation. I think just use common sense out there, folks, please. Stay home. Stay safe and stay well. Uh, great. That's going to do it for us. As always, you can send us an email with comments, questions, concerns, or games we should review for the Every war Game Ever list. I've got some that I want to play that people have sent in. I will get to them eventually. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead and send us an email. It's podcast at gmail.com. Historytablepodcasts at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at HistoryTablePod. Rich, you're on Twitter?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Junior.
0: And you can catch Rich on the... Uh, nation's number one automotive show. Chance of <laughs> hey, That's right. Here's a question that I may or may not leave this in. Have you watched Tiger King yet?
1: I have not. In fact, I, I saw people posting about it and I saw. So, so here's the thing. When I see Tiger King, all I can think of is King Tiger. I'm like, is this about <laughs> tanks or what?
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. It is about things you would never even imagine. I highly, highly encourage you to go watch it. I think it's six episodes. Is that,
1: is that Netflix or Amazon? What's that on? Okay. I just recently finished watching the boys on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, and wow. Yes. It was everything I hoped it would be. It was very good. Awesome ending. Can't wait for season two.
0: Yep, I agree. I, I really liked it. I've heard the comics are great, but I haven't gotten to them. Here's what I'll say with Tiger King is like, you think you get what the show is about? It's like, <laughs> all right, shit, we'll just toss in another wrench to like make it 10 times crazier. You huh. can't write what Tiger King is about. Like no one could come up with the wackiness that it is. <laughs> it's
1: amazing. It's only six ep- episodes? Is that like the first season or is that, uh, is it that – Oh, no.
0: It's, it's like a uh, – did you watch Making a Murderer when that was a big? Deal? Yes. Yeah, so yes. it's like that. But it's about a um, gay governmental candidate, gun-wielding <laughs> oh, governmental candidate. Oh, is a true story? Candidate. Oh yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is amazing, Rich. I tell you, it's uh, it's blowing up the world. And look at us. We're just going to be trendsetters and oh. Tiger King talking now. We started last night and we're done. And then wow. when we were sitting around. We we're sitting around before we recorded. And I was like, uh, we we were watching Veep. Um, yeah, with with Elaine from Seinfeld. Uh-huh. I paused and I was like, I kind of wish we were still watching Tiger King.
1: So that's really interesting because in the last month or so I've been thinking, I don't know that I need to keep Netflix anymore. We hardly ever watch it anymore. Although I still haven't seen the last season of Better Call Saul so I'll watch it at least for that but I'll have to check it
0: Yeah, bench Tiger King before you uh, get rid of that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so good. I
0: can't even... Man, it's bonkers. It is something else. All right, folks, that's going to actually do it for us now. Again, stay safe, stay well, and we will talk to you later.
1: Yeah, good night, everyone.